Welcome to the Information Security Collective. You're listening to an episode of Insecurity We Trust with Ali Diamond and Tish Harper. You're about to hear from industry professionals, learn about their life in InfoSec, what it takes to work in the field, and what it's really like to take security to its breaking point. Enjoy the conversations as Ali and Tish discuss all things security with their guests and possibly stir things up along the way. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Insecurity We Trust. I'm your host, Allie, at Ending With Allie on everything, including Minecraft. And I'm joined here with my co-host. Hi, everyone. I am Tish at Little Miss Muffin Cup on Twitter. It's my most favorite place to be. Come find me. Yeah. And today we are we are with a good friend of ours, Davin. How how you guys doing or how you ladies doing? Thanks for having me. So happy to have you on the show with us. Excited for you to be here. Yeah, um, so the way I like to start podcasts and that we've been starting podcasts is we love to have our guests introduce themselves because you tell your own story best. So why don't you take a, a little bit and just explain to everyone about you? Certainly, I'll try to give the condensed version. Um, so I'm Davin Jackson, also known as DJX Alpha on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me there. Um, I run Alpha Cybersecurity, which is my content site. So I do blogging, uh, videos, walkthroughs, you know, advice pieces and things of that nature. Um, but I am also the host of InfoSec Unplugged, which is my live show every Thursday on YouTube, Twitch, and LinkedIn. And I'm also the host of Hacker Valley Blue, um, took over this season. Uh, so far, about halfway through the season, um, been talking to a lot of different blue teamers about their their careers and their upbringing and, and just kind of sharing notes, I guess, because, you know, I'm traditionally from the red team offensive side. Um, how I got started is uh, it's interesting road. So um, I started out, I mean, really young, I used to kind of mess around with things in my grandmother's house. I used to take things apart, put them back together, try to figure out what happens if I did this and that. Um, now that I think about it, I probably could have killed myself a couple times um, <laughs> messing with certain things. But my grandmother just encouraged it. Um, she was okay with it as long as I either fixed it or I was able to put it back together by the time my parents came to pick me up from work. And as much as I love my grandmother and I cherish the ground that she walked on, I never wanted to piss off that Jamaican woman. So um, <laughs> I made sure that I put it back together or I got it fixed. Uh, got older, um, really steered away from tech or, or, or that kind of stuff once I got to high school. Um, you know, inner city high schools don't really have much with technology. And then on top of it, they, you know, it was kind of put out there that maybe that's not for you, you know. And then I started doing things like, you know, playing sports and being interested in other things like the opposite sex. And that kind of <laughs> steered me away from anything else. That I guess that was deemed uncool at the time. Um, after high school, I went to the military for a little bit. I was uh, an aircraft mechanic in the military, so I was an F-16 and, and stealth F-117 uh, crew chief or, or aircraft mechanic. I did that for my whole time there, came out, 
weren't any fighter jets in the civilian world, so it's not like I could have gotten a job <laughs> doing that. And I just tried my hand at a bunch of different things for a little while. Um, I tried my hand at uh, electrical. I did um, like low voltage work or like alarm systems and some of the first smart houses. Um, but when I was doing it in this the state I was living in at the time, you needed to be a registered apprentice before that time could count towards getting your license. And um, at the time I was working for someone, I think about two years at that point, and he pretty much just looked at me and told me, why would I do that? Because if I have to register you, then that means I have to increase your pay periodically up until you get your license. Where if I don't do it now and I don't register you, I can keep paying you at the, I think it was like the nine bucks an hour or whatever I was getting paid. Um, and that really um, bothered me because it was just like, you know what? I need to do something that if I want to advance in my career, no one can stop me or hold me back, right? Um, but I didn't know what that was. So I moped around for a couple of days and uh, my wife, well, she wasn't my wife at the time, but she kind of put her foot in my behind <laughs> one day and just kind of was like, well, what is it that you want to do? If there was something that you could do that you would enjoy doing, what do you think it would be? And I gave it some thought. I'm like, well, you know, I really did enjoy tech and I think I want to try that, but I, uh, not, I don't, I, I don't want to go back to college or I don't want to go to college. You know, that I think that time is coming gone. I was a new father. I was about to be a new father and it was like, I needed to do something that was somewhat quicker than the traditional four-year degree. And at the time there weren't really tech certifications or tech degrees in in college it was more of a computer science go learn how to code and i dreaded coding um so i did some research and that's how i came across certifications and um literally started from the bottom i started with my a plus um showing my age a little bit but i was working at circuit city um when i decided to move in decided to take the jump into tech um i was a I was their home theater installation person. And then um, someone quit the PC bench, the repair bench. And I told them, well, instead of hiring somebody, why don't you give me a couple more dollars an hour? And I'll do that when I'm not doing um, installations. And that was my introduction into tech because I didn't actually have a computer at home. Like I had a computer when it was in the military, but it was really old. So it was like, I didn't have anything like up to date. So I used the computers that I was working on to help me reference what I was reading in the books. And that's how I got my E plus certification. Uh, shortly after that, uh, Circuit City went out of business like a couple of years later, like a year or so later. And then I tried my hand at a bunch of different jobs. I did call centers, help desk stuff. And then I finally got um, into the school system as, as like one of their techs stayed there for about four years and that's where i was introduced into the cybersecurity side of things um started off doing defensive and proactive work so you know setting up mobile device managers and doing incident response because we got hit with ransomware and doing vulnerability assessments and patches and everything to kind of help with that and then that's when i was introduced to pen testing and the rest is pretty much history i uh, realized how much fun i um have I, I have when I do pen testing it it 
satisfies that itch that I have in the back of my head when I'm trying to figure out certain things or it's just like I have to do it. And I just kind of took to it um, like a moth to, the, to a flame and just stayed with it ever since. So uh, I'm here now. I've done all types of pen testing and now I'm in the app, the application security space, uh, pen testing, web applications, mobile applications and my and, and APIs, which I guess is I guess you can call that my specialty now, <laughs> but uh, that's where I'm at right now. Hopefully I didn't take up the whole time for the podcast. But... <laughs> no, nah, we love a long introduction because it gives everyone more information about you. And I think that's super important is that you get out to share your story. So we, first of all, thank you so much for sharing it with us. There's so much to cover. And I, I feel like these are two different things. Consider me pulling two ropes together, but both of you have airplanes in your past. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's fascinating. I, I have not worked on airplanes. You know, yeah. David, I personally think two things of you after hearing your little tidbit there, because I don't want you to feel like it was all drawn out. <laughs> you are equally inspiring and intimidating. You are a Oh, <laughs> uh, well, thank record, you. I'm not... track record you just said. Um, you know, training yourself whilst at work, military, dabbling with airplanes, um, fighter jets, hello? Yeah. Being a dad, being in that moment where you were pressured into getting into an industry that you actually fell in love with, um, mm. equally inspiring as, as well as intimidating. You are a force, sir. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, I, I thank you, but again, I, I credit I credit my wife and my daughter um, for it because you know it was a real tough time, and you know you're at a crossroads, and for a lot of a lot of people uh, in that setting, in that community, in that background where we were at the time, you know, it was either I can do this or I can. I can do something else that can possibly land me in a whole lot of trouble. And, um, you know, I wanted to make sure that I was someone that my daughter and then eventually my son could could look up to and say, OK, no, you know what? He, he, he put it on his back and and did what he had to do and he did it the right way. Um, you know, I, I credit I credit them and my wife for that. Um, they. They were really young when I when I got into tech. Like I said, my daughter my daughter was either just born or, or on the way when I got started, and then my son came a couple of years after my daughter was born. And um, I know a lot of their a lot of their younger years was, daddy's in the basement, daddy's studying, daddy's reading, you know, daddy doesn't want to be bothered. Daddy comes home from work, you know, he he eats dinner with us, and then he's like, okay, guys, you know, get in the bath. Okay, love you. And then we don't see dad again until the next morning, you know, sometimes not even in the morning because I would get up to go to work early so I can get home early so I could start studying. But, um, you know, you do what you have to do when, Absolutely. when, when um, you know, responsibilities and taking care of your family and moving your family out of certain environments are, are on the line. Absolutely. I have to ask, though, because... Yeah. 
from what I've what I've noticed, a lot of infosec people come from a military background. And I've always thought that the military, when you join the military, you have the opportunity to have an entire career, which leads to retirement. Yep. I'm curious as to why most people in infosec always have a military background and they leave the military and they continue in infosec. What what makes you not want to stay to that retirement age? Or what made you not want to stay? Well, me, um, there was a lot of things going on at the time when I left the military. Um, and one of the major factors was uh, my, my father had passed away. My old, my younger brother, um, he was just about to graduate high school. And my mom was kind of dealing with him. I mean, we had our we have our older brother who too, but um, I wanted to make sure, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't a squeaky clean kid growing up. And um, I started to hear certain things that was going on back home that I wanted to make sure I shielded him from, or I didn't have to expose him to. Um, so that, and um, honestly, I just, the military is not for everybody, right? Um, I went into the service, but it was kind of forced. And that's a story for another day. But um, <laughs> it was definitely, it definitely wasn't something that I was like, super on board with and then when my father passed away it was like there was really no reason for me to be here anymore um and then there were certain things that happened throughout the process that just really made me show re made me see certain things now and that's not to say that everybody has similar experiences some people go into the military and love it my brother went in for four years and he loved it um but it's not for everybody um so that's why i got out um, when I tried to go in and I told them I wanted to do something with tech or computers, it was either tech, it was either something with computers or audio visual. Cause at the time I was doing, um, I was like in the AV club at, in school, like that was the closest to tech I could get. So, you know, I was videotaping, um, all the events, all the, all the games and all the sporting outings and stuff and bringing that back for mm -hmm. the, for the school, um, so I wanted to do something in that. And they were like, no, you we, we, you shouldn't do that. But, uh, you know, according to your ASVAB scores, you can pretty much get whatever job you want. I'm like, cool, let's go there. And they're like, no, nah, how about aircraft mechanic? And I'm like, I don't want to be an aircraft mechanic. They're like, oh, we'll, like, we'll give you five grand. And, you know, 18-year-old kid from Bridgeport, that's... Oh, yeah. Sh okay, sure. You gotta say it. <laughs> yeah, you know, so... Um, so for me, it was like, it was just like, whatever. Um, but, for, but to answer your question about people who get into tech and infosec in the military and then get out, um, I can't speak for everybody, but I know a driving factor is money. Uh, because when you go into the service, you know, you get a lot of things, you get security clearances, mm -hmm. times or top secret security clearances. You're taught a lot of technologies and a lot of things, and you're very valuable to the outside world, um, yeah, you're also valuable to your country and to and, and, and to the the branch that you're serving. But um, you work a lot, a lot, a lot of long hours, and you're not paid very well. So when people start to look at it and go, "Okay, I can continue to make X, or I can get out when I get discharged with my clearance." And there's already people lining up to hire me and I'm going to make sometimes double or triple that, am that amount. It's, it's almost a no brainer. 
Let's uh, jump into the clearance thing. Cause I think that clearance is something that people don't realize like is first of all, such a huge value add as someone working in the security space, but two, like, what is the, what was the process like to get clearance, especially as um, an engineer, like a more physical engineer versus like someone who's getting like clearance for maybe doing security work and like, how is maybe having that helped you now? Um, well, I mean, it's, it's my top secret is expired a long time now, but um, I've had other ones like secret or public trust. But um, the process, when you're going through the process, especially when you're getting like top secret or things that are up up that range, um, just be honest. <laughs> um, just be I honest, have, they already know? Or they're yeah. going to find out. They're going to find out. So, so um, funny story, again, wasn't the squeaky clean kid. And... Um, I remember getting going for my top secret and, you know, you have to fill out this whole thing. And then at one point they're like, well, have you ever done any drugs or marijuana or anything like that? And my thing was what the drug tests say. Oh. <laughs> drug tests say I'm clean, clean. Nope. Never did nothing. Nope. Mm -mm, nope. Never, never. I don't know what you're talking about. Weed. I don't even know what that is. Right. Nope. He leaves. And about a month later, I get called back. And he goes, Airman Jackson, you lied to me. I'm going, what are you talking about? And um, by the time he was, by the time he was done, he knew when I did it, who I was with, what car, like, yeah, he knew, he knew a whole bunch of details. And to the point where my response was, I'm gonna be honest with you. I totally forgot about that time. I was thinking of something else. <laughs> But yeah, he knew um, he knew it was at a party with a friend and and this girl and it was her sister's party. And he yeah, they knew everything. They're like, what about this time when you went here and did this and did this and you were with such and such? And I was like, okay. Did they have like a, a bucket list? They came with like a scroll and they're like, so here's the story. <laughs> it, was, it, it, it was, it was, it was, I mean, it was creepy because it was just kind of like, I'm sitting, I'm sitting at this, you're, you're in this room and you're, I'm sitting at this table and I'm going, you lied to me. And I'm like, prove it. And he's like, well, what about that time you went to this house party and you were doing this and this and you were at, and it was, it was like, what's her name? And I'm like, Okay, I'm sorry. Without divulging too much, are you able to say to like our viewers what year or year range this was? I'm just trying to gauge the technology, the type of technology that was out there for them to find this information because they must have ran up on the block or somebody snitched. No, oh yes, oh someone totally. I, 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 oh, I, immediately. Uh, this so this was 20 years ago. This was 2002. Yo, someone snitched into Somebody snitched. Like, I would so, get, like, if they figured it out now with, like, so I'm, so like. The story, the story as I was told, because I gave a list, again, I gave a list of people that I yeah. knew. Um, one of my friends, they showed up to his doorstep and, and, and pretended to know me. And he pretty much threatened him to come off the doorstep. Like, I don't, like, I don't know you. And if that, and if Davin didn't tell me who you are, then I don't know what you're talking about. Everybody else was kind of like, we don't know that person. We don't know that name. And then they found one friend. And as the story as it was told to me, because of course, now I go back doing the digging, like who said what the story as it was told to me was that they came and 
they were like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm friends with such and such or I'm friends and and I know Davin and man, he's a he's a wild guy. And they're like, man, I could tell you about one time when we were out and. So that's that's how the, that's how the story got back to me when I because when I, I immediately got back to the dorm, and I'm like, I called everybody like who. Who's, who said, who, who told it, right? And I'm like, okay, well, maybe it was the girl because, you know, we ended up having a falling out. I'm like, maybe she's trying to, <laughs> maybe she's trying to jam me up. And she was like, nope, wasn't me. And I'm like, oh, okay. And yeah, come to find out it was a friend of mine. But uh, yeah, he just wasn't paying attention. So the two, the two takeaways are, one, one, don't get a security clearance. <laughs> <laughs> no, if you're, if, no, 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 no. Be completely if, honest. If you can, yes, if you're going to get it, I would highly recommend, especially if you're going to move into that space, because again, it can be very, it, it opens up another door of possibilities and opportunities, um, mm -hmm. opens up a lot of lucrative opportunities. Um, but if you're going to go through that process, just, just, just tell them what they want to, just tell them what they want to know. Because they're going to find out. Anyone, I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, oh, that, you know, that, also, that's it. Just for anyone that's curious, this, um, you can only get a security clearance when you have U.S. citizenship, correct? I'm not a hundred percent sure, but okay. I'm, I, I don't. I don't. I don't know. Definitely. I know. I know. I know people. I know people who were in the service who weren't, who had at the time. Again, maybe things have changed, but I know people who weren't born here and weren't a U.S. citizen, but they served in the certain military and they had, they had clearance. So. Okay. Like I said, I don't know. Question for your security clearance. Did you get it for your just general military work or did you go through different processes through previous employers to get security clearance? Um, the top secret was because of the jet that I was working on in the service. Um, and then when I got out, um, yeah, I, I tried to keep up with it. But like I said, I ended up losing it because um, I didn't jump into tech for like a few years after I got out. And then um, I started doing some government contract work. And then I ended up having to kind of go through a similar process, but because it wasn't top secret, it wasn't as bad. Um, it was really odd though, because people, I'm, I just moved into my neighborhood and I'm barely, you know, I barely know people and I'm, I'm not very, believe it or not, I, I'm not very social like that to, to a lot of people that I don't know, or that's not in this circle. And then um, to have, you know, the feds or whoever investigators go talk to my neighbors. And then I, my neighbor comes to me and goes, you know, someone came to ask me questions about you, about, you know, uh, any, if has any red flags or, you know, your, 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 uh, are you patriotic or anything like that? And, you know, and I told him that you're a great guy, but now that I think about it, I have no idea who you are, or what you do. <laughs> oh, and it oh was God. like, and and in, so so now imagine doing that, and then it's like, well, what do you do? And then I have to kind of explain to them that I'm a hacker. Right. So now it's like, what? Right. And of course, no one in the neighborhood keeps their mouth shut. So now it's really awkward. The next time we go bring the kids to the pool, and everybody's at the pool, and they're like, hiding their cell phones. Oh no 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 no! They're like, so what do you think about? <laughs> You know, uh, but it's it's cool. Do you have to do polys? Have you ever done like a poly test for anything like that? Oh. Nope. It's, it's no. not that invasive. Close, but not. Um, like I said, I'm pretty sure there are some clearances, and there's probably some top secret 
type jobs that require it. I know there's a lot, especially in the tech field. There, whoa, there. whoa, whoa. Interviewing your neighbors is a, a way more invasive than a polygraph. Yeah. <laughs> well, like I said, I, I don't know. It, 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 that time, and again, that was just for, a, um, I think that was just for my public trust. That wasn't even like a secret or a top secret or anything. It was literally like public trust, which I think is just above confidential. <laughs> so, you know. So when you know. move back into the civilian space and you realize that there were no fight uh, or death to work on in the civilian space, what didn't make you want to like just go to United, go to Delta, um, take a I, short class, see what you no, can do I, with there and stay in I, aviation? I, um, so when I, when I agreed, and that's the thing, when I agreed to go into the service and do aircraft maintenance, um, and a lot of people who serve in the military probably have similar stories. You know, you deal with these recruiters and they promise you the world. And then you get to basic training and they're like, yeah, no, none of that counts, please, whatever. But, um, when I went into, before I left, I was like, you know, promise me that. I, I don't want to work on fighters. I want to work on heavies because the heavy jets, like the tankers and stuff like that, those were the ones that are very similar to the airline jets. So right. I had thought it through and said, no, I want to work on heavies. And they're like, oh, yeah, sure, no problem. And I'm like, and I want to be based on an East Coast base. This way I could just, if anything, at the time, um, my grandmother, she was, you know, getting up there in age. And I'm like, this way, if anything happens to my grandmother, I can literally just hop on 95 and I can be there in 24 hours or less. And they're like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. I, 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 I'm gonna write this down. And then I get to basic training and they said, Airman Jackson. I said, yes, ma'am. She said, F-16s. <laughs> I said, I said uh, that, 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 that's not a heavy. <laughs> that, that's, a, that's a fighter jet. She's like, yeah, that's what the F is. Yeah, no, I'm like, but I was promised it. So she looks up my file. She goes through the file and was like, don't see nothing here. And then when I get, and then when you get to a tech school, they give you the wish list of the bases that you wish you would let you, you could be stationed. And um, I picked pretty much all East Coast bases. You, you have, it was eight choices. I think I picked like five East Coast bases from Jersey to Florida. I picked Phoenix, Arizona. I picked... Las, was it Las Vegas? I think I picked Las Vegas and I picked um, Aviano, Italy, the Air Force Base in Italy. So I figured, right? But I'm like, it doesn't matter because I, they promised me an East Coast base. Mm -hmm. They gave me Hill Air Force Base. And for those who don't know, Hill Air Force Base is in Utah. And I remember calling my father and I told him I got Hill Air Force Base and he laughed at me for about two minutes. And then he goes, wait, wait, wait. Hill, isn't that in Utah? And I said, yeah. And he proceeded to laugh even harder. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, you know, this conversation is going nowhere, so I'm going to hang up the phone now. Um, and I remember calling someone else, and they were like, wait, where's Utah? Um, and then um, there was a kid who was from Utah, and he had got a base in South Carolina. So we were going to swap. And mm -hmm. two nights before we put in for the swap, the instructor comes in and goes, we need four people to work on the stealth. And everybody's raising their hand like, oh, my gosh, it's a stealth. And they're like, well, Airman Jackson, why aren't you doing? Why aren't you raising your hand? I'm like, eh, 
I'm either going to go to Utah or I'm going to go to South Carolina. I'm, I don't want to go where the stealth is stationed. They're like, yeah, but you have the second highest grade point average. I'm like, that's great. <laughs> Not interested. Two nights later, we go to do the swap. Airman Jackson, your orders have been cut. You are going to Howland Air Force Base in New Mexico. <laughs> oh my God, it's like a horror movie that just keeps on getting worse. So yeah, so that, that's how I ended up on, that's how I, I mean, don't get me wrong, it was a cool experience. I got to, I got to see him do a lot of cool things, a lot of stuff that I can't talk about, which going back right. to what you were saying about getting out and trying to find a job, you work on a jet that you re require top secret clearance and then they scared a living you know what out of you to tell you and you better not say nothing or you're going to face all type of consequences. So, you know, you get out and the first thing I put on my resume is that I was a stealth mechanic and they're like, well, what's it like? And I'm like, uh, talk to them down in New Mexico. <laughs> I can't talk about it. I can't talk about it. And they're like, Oh, right. So, um, so it didn't really work out <laughs> that way. But, um, yeah, like I said, it was, you know, it, it worked, I guess it worked out in the end. Like, you know, I, I... <laughs> that's good. I mean, you made it here <laughs> talking with us. Yep. So that's pretty sick. <laughs> um, so let's, I want to talk a little bit about certificates because like everyone is all about certificates. Mm -hmm. So what was your like progression into certificates? Like when did you realize that like this is something I need to do? How did it like benefit you? I want to hear more about your certificate story. Um, so like I said, um I did my A plus while I was doing the the PC bench. And then um I moved into network plus. I mean, I know most people, when you usually talk to someone, whether it's from CompTIA or tech training school or something, they tell you to get, I call it, I call it the, the CompTIA Trinity, the A plus network plus security plus. Mm -hmm. um, but I knew, so I got the A plus, And then when I started working um, help desk, I was working at a cable company and doing their doing their 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 help desk which was pretty much turn it off and turn it back on again but um i wanted to understand more about you know the internet and how it worked and tcp packets i wanted to kind of better understand what i was doing so that's how that's why i went and jumped into the the network plus and then um shortly after that i was like oh, okay well what's this next one and i saw it was security plus and i'm like you know i think this would be good to have so i studied for the security plus i remember the job i was at at that time um the owner's wife like she was also trying to get the security plus and and i was like yeah i said I'm, i set a goal for myself that i'm gonna get it by my son's birthday um and this was probably six months prior and she was like i've been doing it for a year there's no way you're gonna do it and that's the that's probably the worst thing you can tell me because then right. I'm literally like Michael Jordan on the, uh, the last dance. I'm like, I took it personally. <laughs> and not only did I do it, I actually got it on his birthday. So I nice. like, on, on his first, on his first birthday, I That's walked awesome. in there and, and, and took it. And then I walked and I went into the job and I looked at my, my, my boss. And I was like, yeah, so tell your wife, I got it. Good got luck. it. Yeah, and, and good good luck when she when she goes. But you know, um, 
so that so that's how that started and then when i moved into the school system um i actually was like i'm not going to do security for a while or i was like i'm not going to do security i'm just going to kind of stay this route and the goal was to be uh sysadmin and um i remember just buckling down and saying okay i'm going to do everything i need to do to get to be certified as a sysadmin and what did it for me was um you know you should always take a moment to realize what the situation is and kind of be your own worst critic mm -hmm. so for me i looked around and you know i'm i'm one of one if you know what i mean um everybody has their college degree everybody's either there through some form of you know nepotism or 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 and you know there or there were some like there was this one lady she was really good at what she did at um, cisco networking so she deserved to be there but there were a lot of people there that it was just like okay and then i sat there and I said okay well if if the superintendent were to come in and say budget cuts we got to get rid of somebody who would they let go of and the, the decision i came to was well if i was the director of it i would i would probably get rid of me because everybody else has certifications you can't get rid of this guy this guy is related to this person this person's been here so long they know they know the ins and outs of the entire server room so everybody had a benefit to staying except me so i'm like okay so if that's the case i'm going to make it extremely difficult for them to make that decision and um i got them to agree to reimburse to start a reimbursement program where if you pass, as long as you pass the exam, they would reimburse you. And I paid for my first Microsoft certification. <laughs> and I would study for a couple months, take the exam, pass it, bring the certification in there. They would reimburse me and I'd take that money and buy the next one. And I did that up until I got my, um, I was, uh, my, it was the MCSA. So it used to be the MCITP, then it became the MCSA. And I don't even know what it is now, but it was a Microsoft certified system administrator. So I got that for Windows Server as well as um, Windows 7 at the time. And I was like, and I just kind of just went through and just did that crazy for like maybe like a good year and a half, two years, just stacking up on the certifications. Um, you know, obviously taking the time to understand, you know, what I'm learning in between, but, but it was easy because I'm literally doing it as I go. So right. I'm working in Active Directory as I'm learning about Active Directory. And, you know, so it became, it, it was just really simple for me um, to follow what I was reading. And then uh, when I decided to go into cybersecurity, um, like I said, it took, it took me a minute. Like I wanted to be a systems analyst and then I discovered pen testing and I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, this is where I need to be. Um, and by that time, um, I had, uh, I guess wore out my welcome with the, with the reimbursement thing. So when I went to them and said, I, I want to take this certified ethical hacker course. And they were like, yeah, no, that's not happening. <laughs> so, um, luckily I had saved up, you know, the money I got from, you know, little raises and stuff here and there. And I just kept saving. So, um, I ended up buying the book and some of the stuff and myself, um, learn how to create a lab and do some of the vulnerable machines myself and then I, I continued to save up and then right before i was ready to test i paid to go to um, a course a week-long course down in dc so i got paid out of my own pocket got in a car drove down to dc 
and uh, I met uh, Keytron Evans, and um, that to me was was life changing to me because I remember sitting there day one, going, "You're there with a bunch of people from the government, a couple people here from like the FBI or whatever, a couple people here, and I'm like, none of them look like me." And I remember going, "Okay, I there's that was probably the first bout of real bout of imposter syndrome." I can remember. And then um, Keytron walks in and he's like, all right, guys, you know, here are the rules. Um, don't hack me because I hack back, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, you know, and it's going to be a great class and pay attention when I talk because, you know, we'll help you when you go to take the exam. And, and it just kind of sitting there just watching how he commanded the room and how knowledgeable he was. And then his willingness to just sit sit there and help. Like I remember one night, I think me and him sat there till like two o'clock in the morning, just going over three things because how he teaches it, he teaches it to you so you understand it, but he also wants you to understand why you're doing this in this scenario. Um, and like I said, that that left a lasting impact on me. And then um, I went back home, I labbed a little bit more, and then I took the exam and I passed the exam. And then, like I said, from there, it just kind of gradually did it based on what I felt, the direction I felt I needed, I wanted to go. So, like I said, I grabbed another pen testing certification. It was called the Certified Penetration Tester through through another, um, through through the same course that Keytron was teaching. Um, I wanted to move into forensics, so I actually went and got a forensics course, um, but unfortunately, couldn't move into forensics, but it's, I feel like that forensics course made me a better pen tester. And um, yeah, I just kind of look at it. I look at it as far as what do I need to do or what's going to help me get to that next level. You know, you have some people who are telling you, you know, get all the certs or when, you know, just yeah. jump in, or just jump and get this cert without going up the gradual steps. Um, you know, you just have to be honest with yourself and really do your research and your homework as to what what path do I want to take and how how do I want to get there and and what do I want to learn on the way to help me help me grow. That's awesome. Um, when you so, I feel like people who work in the IT department and the help desk at schools probably have the most fascinating stories because college students, high school students, I don't know what year you were you were working in. Was it like a college? Was it a, a school? What I mean, it, it was the whole school system. So it was K through eight plus high school, but I was in charge of, I was in charge of like the, 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 the elementary schools. So all basically K through eight. And then, um, but I was also the, the, the primary tech for like the entire special education department um for the entire school district and then when i moved into a security field that that just made me across uh, the guy across all every school but so yeah. do you have any good stories you from your time oh yeah <laughs> so, i would love for you to share them with us because i feel like they're gonna be just so entertaining um so and it was kind of pe i guess i guess you can call it kind of i was petty but um when I decided I wanted to move into cybersecurity, like I said, they pretty much stopped. They didn't want to support it. Um, but because I wanted to learn, I was still doing things like I would work overtime 
to do things, to do the research, to, to secure it. And then when I came back from the CEA training and realized, well, I can't do pen testing without permission. Um, so I'm not going to jail. <laughs> so I stopped doing that. Um, and at that point, I'm like, you know what? I've done so much I, I, for over these last four years. I've, I was, I've worked weekends. I've worked, you know, holidays and stuff coming in voluntarily because I want, I le legitimately wanted to help secure the, the school system. Um, I pretty much was like, okay, we need to create a position for me. We need to create an official security position and put me in that role. And I did a whole PowerPoint presentation about why it's necessary. And, you know, when I met, they were like, oh, well, there isn't anything to secure in school systems. And I'm like, actually, there are. You have social security numbers and, yeah. you know, medical information. Like, just because it's not a multi-million or multi-billion dollar company doesn't mean that there aren't things that's worth securing. And we went back and forth and um, the director was like, I just can't justify doing that i was like okay cool so since you can't justify doing that then i will not do anything security related for the school system the only thing i continued to do that was security related um was was the the mobile device manager work with the special education department because mm -hmm. those kids really needed those devices and the technology that was on that and the kids kept getting the ipad stolen like yeah and and then um or they weren't able to push out the software in time so that's the only thing i said i would continue to do but all of a sudden davin stopped coming in at six o'clock in the morning davin stopped coming in on saturdays davin just did his job and basically if you've ever seen the five heartbeats when big red looked at the guy and put him over the balcony and said my office hours are from nine to five <laughs> that was pretty much what i did so um a few months later Actually, it was like the week after Thanksgiving. The whole entire network goes down. And we're like, that's weird. Didn't think anything of it, but just maybe just thought it was a glitch or whatever. The next day, whole thing goes down again. Now, what I didn't tell was about three months prior, there was a there was a young kid um i think he was like 14 or 15 years old he was already on my radar because he was doing a lot of things pretty mm -hmm. related like he was he was he like he got kicked off of the computers like his his and i revoked his i revoked his access in active directory and then i go walk through the high school one day and i look at the computer lab and he's he's on a computer so i ended up like taking that whole computer home come back i mean back to the office and figuring out what what how did he do this and he did the sticky keys trick now what the sticky keys trick is um if you reboot the machine and you can you can get into the registry and change the settings where if you hit shift five times it would bring up sticky keys mm -hmm. but you can map that to you can map that to your command prompt so what you do is when you boot up as you're booting up if you do the sticky keys trick it would boot up it would bring up the command prompt running as administrator so what this kid was doing was running, was doing that and gave himself administrator access. access. So <laughs> now not only is he on the computer, he has access to anything and everything that he wants. So now it was just like, okay, you know what? Um, 
I actually tried to tell my 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 supervisor, like, listen, instead of really punishing him, honestly, we should probably bring him in and see if they'll do like a little security internship. You know, maybe that will help. Whatever. Nope, they didn't do that. Okay, so now three, so now three, four months later, our network goes down one day. Network goes down another day. Network goes down another day. But it's all at the same time. It's all around lunch, the lunch period. And I remember the director going, Davin, why aren't you looking into this? I'm like, man, that sounds like something you need, you need a security person for. <laughs> and it continued for months. Every day around lunch, it would go down. And so then, so I won't, it got to the point where they were like, well, can you at least give us an idea of what you think? I'm like, well, clearly it's happening at the same time every day. My guess is that this kid is DDoSing our network. Said here, you want to prove it? Pull him right before lunch, whatever class he's in right before lunch, pull him out and make him sit in the office for about 15, 20 minutes. And let's see if the network goes down. They go, they pull him out, they make him sit in the office, whatever. Network is fine. Soon as he gets out of the net, soon as he leaves, network goes down. <laughs> so now it's like, okay, so we know it, we know it's him, but we don't know how he's doing it. But that was pretty much the most I was willing to contribute because you need a security person. And mm -hmm. you told you looked me in my face after all this work I did for you, and you told me I can't justify doing this for you. Fast forward, the FBI comes to the school. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> and they go, We'd like to speak with, we'd like to speak with with the text. The director of technology and the superintendent are freaking out because now they have to go in here and they can't speak to any of this. And they're like, hey, Davin, hey, buddy, um, would you, you want to come with us? And I'm like, no, not really. Like, not, not, not really. Not, no, no, no. <laughs> um, and then my wife ends up talking me into it. Like, she's like, just do it, you know, whatever. So we go and we go sit down with the with the FBI and come to find out not only was this kid doing this, he was taking down systems. He, he was like a part of a network that was like taking down multiple systems school in uh, along the school districts in uh, across the state. Um, he also did some other things. I don't I, I, you can look it up if um, I'll tell you the link offline, but he ended up doing a bunch of other things. So they were uh, he was on their radar and they're like, we know it's this kid. So now they're like, well, I'm, I'm like, yeah, I knew it, too. And they're like, well, if you knew it, why didn't it, why wasn't anything done? I'm like, well, I'm not the security guy. <laughs> oh, and, my God. Um, and they're like, well, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, you know, I, I, I'm certified now and I don't want to do anything that's going to jeopardize my future career aspirations. I tried to make a, I made a plea to them to say, can we work something out where I can do this yeah. in a capacity? And they told me that there was no need for it. And he, and the, 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 the agent looked over and he goes, 
and you still don't think there's a need? You have someone here who's willing to do who's willing to do the work, right. and, and and your budget, your precious budget, is more important. And it was just kind of like, mm-hmm. so. Um, so long story short, yeah, we found like, we found out it was him. The FBI got involved. The Secret Service got involved mm-hmm. because when you mess with anything like the network that's attached to the that's attached to any type of government, mm-hmm. that's a different that's a different problem um and then like i think a year after it was like a year after or shortly after i left um the kid ended up getting arrested and i don't i don't really know what happened after that but yeah it was oh it was um it was really it was just it was just a, a strange time because it was kind of like i knew what was going on and and that was one of the times where i had to suppress that urge it was like i, I really want to figure it out but i i had my i had my guesses and i was right that he was using um he's using a tool called the low orbit ion cannon which is like a ddos a popular ddos tool and he was doing it from his phone wow and he was he was he was he was getting on the school's wi-fi and it was so um but yeah, that that's the one that kind of sticks out the most to me, um, as far as security related in the school system. Also, yeah, if they had like listened to you, imagine like if they even gave the opportunity for that kid to intern. It's like so frustrating because his whole life might have been different. Yeah, and and that's the part that sucks because you know it, it wasn't anything new. Um, there was someone who worked in the school system who had a nephew that needed to do an internship project and they they had an interest in technology and cybersecurity so they they let him do it and it was like okay cool well, why don't we extend this i'm like why don't i go give him and you know and, and I, I i mean truth be told i i understood their argument because it was like why don't i just go give them a book give them a book and sit with them you know an hour a week and just, we can talk shop or we can whatever and maybe help him develop that elsewhere you know teach him how to build a vulnerable lab at home or something clearly the kid is you know has has the mindset and and the talent for it and they're like yeah but if you do that you're just going to teach them to be more dangerous i'm like well that's where that's where it would step in like okay so we're doing this as a way to help you but if you continue then we're gonna come down hard on you we're gonna drop the hammer um and like i said they just never agreed to it so but yeah that was Speaking of kids, um, we know you have two beautiful kids. Yes. And I'm curious to know, does any one of them have the hacking bug, the tech bug, or anything like that sort? They do, but they just don't use it, um, which is in which, which kills me. My, <laughs> my daughter, um, I tell people all the time, my daughter probably writes better Python code than me, and she learned it in like a semester. Like she wow. joined, she joined like a girls who code club in sixth or seven, like sixth grade, and then um, when it came time to do it again for seventh grade, the instructor went on maternity leave, so they canceled that program altogether because they couldn't find another instructor, and then she wanted to join the tech club in the middle school, but they wouldn't let her, and like I guess that window closed. She still does it for fun every here and there, but it's kind of like a eh. And I, I'm like, you, you got to do it. You got to do it. And I'm like, I don't want to force them because, you know, they're, yeah. they're 14 or 12 and they're at, they're at that age. My son, actually, I have a funny story about my daughter too. But um, 
my son now he comes and he starts asking certain questions but he's like in the OSINT side of things. So he's like, dad, look what I can do with this. And did you know you could do this with Google? And I'm like, yeah, that's great. And then one minute you're proud and you're like, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> Why are you doing that? And he's like, oh, I don't know, I was curious. Like he's, you know, the other day he came in and he's like, oh, I found such and such. I found this person's information. Hey dad, give me a name. Give me a name, give me a name. Give me a name of somebody that's not really on the internet like that. And, and, and I'm gonna try, and he made a game out of it. And I entertained it for a little bit. I'm like, like, I know one friend of mine, again, coming from who basically just doesn't do anything like that on the internet. And, but my son was able to find him. So, um, and like I said, my, and my, my daughter, my daughter has little moments, especially when she was younger. Um, she did some things too. And I get real nervous when they ask me certain things because a part of me is just like, I'm so excited that they want to learn something from me. And then it's and then they go and put it to use and I'm like, and then my Wait wife, is, yeah, and my wife is looking over at me talking about, uh huh. See, you just thought they was interested. <laughs> you just thought they really wanted to sit there and 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 know about stuff. No, no, they they did that for yeah. a reason. How do I but, uh, how do I set a rule to block YouTube? Teach me that. Um, yeah, really, and oh, it's really fun to unblock it when you block wait, it. So, funny story. So my kids and I wish and I wish I would have reported it to Nintendo. So we got our kids the Nintendo 3DS. I had one. And I block I put parental blocks on it so they could not go on YouTube or they could not go on the internet. You go, you play these games, you play Kirby or Smash Brothers or whatever, and that's mm -hmm. it. Okay, well, the Nintendo has a Nintendo eShop or the Nintendo store where you can buy and download games. You can also view the trailer for those games. The trailer goes to YouTube, but because it's the trailer, there's no parental block on that on, on that video. So what my son or my or both of them, it was it was a group effort, it was a team effort on both of them. <laughs> so what they decided was, well, what happens if we go to play the video, pause the video, and then like back out of it? And they and they did that and, and and it brought them to YouTube. So one day I go downstairs and they're like, "Hey, Dad, look at this video!" Ha ha ha! And I'm like, "Ha ha ha! Wait a minute! How how are you on YouTube? Who got rid of the parental rights?" I go on, I go and check everything, and it's like, no, they're still there. And like they're they're literally sitting there going like they're having they're just having a blast like snickering back and forth, and they're like, "You want to figure out how we did it?" <laughs> And then they showed me, and it was like I wasn't even mad. You like can't be. Like my wife was like, "What are we gonna do?" And I'm like, "Not a damn thing." That was actually impressive. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, they they also get a lot from. I mean, but but to give them credit, you know, because of the stuff that I deal with, and because I came from the school system and dealt with high school kids and stuff, you know, they're very mindful because they don't have. Well, one, they don't have a choice because I will literally every once in a while go, okay. If I suspect something's going on, I'll go, okay, you have two choices. You can either just be honest with me or I can take my other computer out, this drawer over here, plug this into the USB and I can find out answers to questions that I'd never thought of asking. And usually that's just enough for them to go, okay, what do you, you know, whatever, here's what you need to know. Um, I try not to be that parent that like, 
like hovers over everything they do and I, I believe in kind of letting them learn and, and, and stumble along the way. Right. Um, there are a lot of things that I am terrified as a parent of. Um, you know, obviously we've all seen the the spike in childhood suicides and stuff like that, especially as when it's attached to cell phones. They'll, they'll never admit it, but around 2015, if you look at it, when self when smartphones became more accessible and started mm-hmm. being accessible to children, that's when that spike happened. You know, um, you know, you especially with, with with young girls who have you know image issues or whatever. So yeah. I. I'm a nervous wreck every day <laughs> um, when my kids are on their phones. Um, but we have that relationship where they know they can come to me and they can go to their mom. And for the knock on wood, for the most part, they do. Um, and I just hope it stays that way. Like I said, I hope I hope I never have to be that parent. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to be like that. They call it like the helicopter parent. But, oh. uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I think. I think that they they know right from wrong and they know that they can come to me. But and I think the fact that they know what I'm capable of is usually deterrent enough to go, okay, I'm not messing around with it. So you know, you, you live and you learn, I guess. That that helps too. The fact that, you know, I feel like at, at sometimes my daughter wants to do something and she comes and she asks the most weird random question. And then backs out of the room slowly and I'm like, why did you ask me a tech question? You're not even into tech like that. So what are you asking me this question for? Are you yeah. trying to figure something out? Are you into it? Are you not into it? No, it's just a random question. I'm like, okay, weirdo. Yeah. I think I think what I what I want to end up doing with them is probably teaching them enough and maybe even letting them get a couple basic certifications. Mm-hmm. That's they have it as a backup plan. Um, uh, maybe, maybe a like a AW, like a cloud cert and like a basic network certification or something like a network plus and a, and a cloud certification, just so, just so they have it, you know. Because you know you have a lot of people who go to college and then come out and end up not doing what they went to college for, and now they can't find a job or they can't do certain things. So, um, <laughs> so you know. I, I don't want to force it on them, but you know, like I said, I, I had they, they can either they can either learn from me or they can learn cake baking and sculpting from my wife, or they can learn both. But um, I feel like I, I want to definitely have them learn a backup skill. Um, so I'm I'm gonna wrap things up, okay? Okay. You could definitely do definitely go the cake baking and sculpting route because it's it's a lot less frustrating than Active Directory. I would roll out funders at three o'clock in the morning <laughs> to figure out Active Directory or to even figure out Kubernetes and Docker and just just roll funder. Just go and roll funder. No, you, I don't know, man. I, I've I've had to, I've had to kind of like need help her need fund it to certain colors and I, it's a lot of work. You got a yeah. good workout, but it it it's not it's not as crazy as Active Directory. I swear, I'd rather need fun than 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 than, than set up I gotta, a whole I gotta save my carpal tunnel for for <laughs> the keyboard. It's bad right enough. Code. Yeah. <laughs> so, like I said, it, it, you know, I mean, it, it, but shout out to her. Like I said, she does, you know, she she does amazing work, and it's just it's just crazy to kind of look at it. Like you see this 
blob of whatever coming out of the oven and then she turns it into like an Egyptian goddess. It's like, wait, what? How did that even happen? But um, yeah. Awesome. It's the same thing with you. I feel like it's, it, it kind of like works out in, in tech too. For me, you, yeah. you, know, you start writing a line of script and before you know it, there's a bunch of stuff running up on your screen and you're like, oh, okay, how did that happen? Yeah. Awesome. Um, so thank you so much for joining us. Where on the internet can people find you? Where do you want to be found? <laughs> um, so again, I am DJX underscore alpha on Twitter and Instagram. Um, I The blog site is alpha cybersecurity.tech. Um, there, there will be another website coming soon um, on YouTube, alpha cybersecurity, or you can just type in infosec unplugged. Uh, you find me there, or you can find me with uh, the Hacker Valley team uh, doing Hacker Valley Blue, and I, yeah, we're and they have the Discord server as well. So just look look up the Hacker Valley Discord server. I hang out there a lot and do like a lot of AMA sessions there. Um, so I haven't been on Twitter like a lot like that recently, but maybe I'll come back. It's been peaceful. <laughs> yeah. Well. Thank you so much for joining us. And thank you, Tish. Where can people find you on the internet, Tish? I can be found mostly on Twitter. I spend most of my time there. Uh, Little Miss Muffin Cup. And come over, follow, say hi. I'm always around. Thank you so much for spending time with us today, Davin. This was such an enlightening yeah. conversation. Loved getting to know you and your family a lot better. And thank you so much for sharing with us your journey as well. Again, yeah. thank you. I gotta have you guys or have you ladies on the show at some point. Please. <laughs> I'll be there. Um, I'm Allie. You can find me everywhere on the internet at ending with Allie. Um, so we'll see you at the next episode and thank you everyone for listening. Okay, bye. Bye.